Welcome listeners to a new year and a new partial historians. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Even More Radness in 2015. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> and I am at my current level of radness, Dr. Greenfield. <laughs> I don't know, if you look even more rad this year to me, but maybe it's because I haven't seen you in a while. Thank you. I think my skin is looking particularly well in this time of year. I know. Well, we swelter away in, mm. in the Sydney heat. But enough of that. We have important things to discuss, we Dr. Do. G. We do. Very important things to discuss. It's been a while since we did an episode, but we are at the mm. end of the regal period. Oh my god. I know. And the last podcast we did, I believe someone died in rather tragic circumstances. It, it was unfortunate, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Um, Servius Tullius, uh, his body sort of dragged around and run over a bit by, by his own yeah, daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what uh, a way to ring in the new year. That's the toot, way it toot. goes. <laughs> Yeah. The head. <laughs> Sad face, big Indeed, time. Yeah. But this leaves us with the last man standing, the man who's instigated the whole coup, as it were. Yes. Uh, one Lucius Tarquinius, later known as Superbus. Ah, yes. Now, I believe Superbus, even though I used to have lots of fun by remembering him as the Superbus, <laughs> actually means proud. <laughs> yes. Or haughty, you yeah. know, those sorts of things. Arrogant. Basically, yeah. all qualities that you probably aren't going to appreciate look it's yeah. like having douche for a nickname <laughs> let's face it <laughs> lucius taquinius it's a new year it's yeah. a whole new you yeah, had to start with a song you know i do okay yeah so lucius taquinius has basically just killed his own fa- well his father-in-law? Maybe not personally killed, but well, yes, he's, he has... he's been a prime mover. Yeah, the pretty thing. much. He did throw him bodily out of the Senate, apparently. Yeah, this... And then send people after him to kill him, so yes. Yeah, this is kind of a problem. So, yes. the year is 534 BCE, apparently, mm. according yes. to the yes, Roman apparently. sources. Yes. Now, Lucius Taquinius, as you may recall, listeners, from our previous episode, which I know you all listen to, of course, he's meant to be the son... Of a previous king. He is. There's a little bit of dispute about yeah, this. Yeah, like I mean, father-son, when there's this 44-year reign or something in between them. Would you deny mm. a man his continued fertility? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more the fact that he's... It's not like he's not around for very long in Servius Tullius's reign. Like, we can't exactly say when he appeared, but he's around in that he's old enough to marry the daughter and whatnot and, you know, start causing trouble... You would assume he's of a certain age by that stage. And if you tack on a reign to that, it still makes him quite old. Hey. Or, or, hey. Or. Yeah. But wait for <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. So. Some scholars have suggested that maybe it's actually the grandson of the and, previous And not just scholars. Even the Romans themselves exactly. are sort of yeah. having issues with this. They're yeah, like trying they know to, it doesn't make sense. Well, they've, yeah. they, they've made up the numbers, let's face yeah, it. Exactly. And then they're trying to reconcile the intergenerational gap <laughs> yeah. that has been created by having made up the numbers. Totally. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> it's like, a minor point anyway. I just well... Thought, just thought I'd point it out. So yeah. Superbus yeah. is either... Yes. ...the son mm. of Lucius Tarquinius Priscus... Yes, yes. Or the grandson. Right, exactly. According to yeah. our various ancient sources, they, they, they like to vacillate yeah. between those two options. And so we're really kind of getting into the stage of the monarchy where we actually have a king who's really, really related to a previous Yes, king, and this is a huge problem. It, yeah, it hasn't really happened before because like, there's been yeah. marriages and stuff, but nothing... This is not how Rome does kingship. No, no it does not. Uh, <laughs> they like to have an interrex, as we are well aware. Indeed. And they like to like think about who might be 
right for the job. Mm. And then they like to have a bit of a vote about it. Yes, yeah, so this is an interesting thing which I've never really talked about before. I have, uh, modern scholars that I have read, that is, have pointed out that this whole process of choosing a king or electing a king or whatever you want to put it is remarkably similar to some of the things that happened under the Republic. Are the Romans perhaps uh, back-reading a little bit? Are Alex? the Romans romanticising their own history? I know, I know. I feel like an idiot for even suggesting <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm going to just say no. <laughs> Don't be absurd. It's just a weird coinkydink, right? Yeah, look, yeah. question everything. That, yeah. that would be my philosophy yeah. here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't, have this, they don't have this thing. They have quite a violent thing in <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, and the, the crux of the matter is that Tarquinius comes to power via a different means yeah. from the other kings. As, and this is crucial to the narrative. Yes. Because Superbus is going to be the last of the kings. Yeah. So any differentiating factors about his rule... Yeah come into play later on. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like he just kills or, you know, organises the assassination of his father-in-law, the previous king. He doesn't stop there. <laughs> he st- obviously, of course not. Yeah, obviously not everyone is going to be on board with this kind of movement in, what? The political, <laughs> what? in the political scene. And so people who are still perceived to have been, you know, Servius' men or supporters, apparently he puts them to death. Mm. Oh, yeah. Bad start. Bad start. (laughs) You know, it's the sort of thing where he's like, he's very conscious that he's come to power through violent means. Yes. And he's also quite happy to continue maintaining power through violent Violent means. means. Yes, exactly. Um, So he gathers around him uh, like a strong bodyguard. Smart. I'll give you that. He's not dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere he goes, he's got a bunch of armed men. Yeah. This makes him difficult to assassinate in the early days. Yeah. And yeah, basically, he's just off to a rocky start all round because it's not like he can say the people loved him so much they voted him to power. It's not like the Senate loved him so much they chose him, you know, or, or said, okay, yes, we're going to rubber stamp your approval or anything like that. He just takes it. And so he can't trust that anyone really likes him. Yeah, it's a and huge he runs problem. With it. Yeah, he you know, he what do you says, do? Yeah, yeah, he basically says, <laughs> kind of a bit like, I suppose, something like Caligula will say later on. I'm just going to run with the fear thing and forget about the love. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Machiavellian. Yeah, it is. Um, he sets up a whole bunch of trials, yeah. um, gets his close buddies to put up people for trial who he suspects of disloyalty and yeah. threat to his power, has them uh, put into the courtroom, and then is turns out that he gets to be the judge for uh-huh. his trials. Oh, how convenient. Guilty. Yeah. Yes. Guilty. It turns out that these trumped-up charges that we're not sure about you're definitely guilty of. Yeah, and not everyone is killed, I suppose. Some people just have to give up everything they own. <laughs> yeah, some are executed, some yeah. are exiled, some just have all of their property confiscated. Yeah. This makes the purpose quite rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, convenient, convenient. Yeah. yeah. Once the undesirables, flesh rabbits, <laughs> the undesirables are removed from the Senate, he just repopulates it with his own supporters. Yeah, clever. Uh, it's not like this is the first time we've seen this, but it's not like no. in the same circumstances. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the sense in which that, that we're really dealing with yes men, yes. Um, Dionysius of Halicarnassus, oh. yes. emphasizes. Yes, Absolutely. I totally agree with everything. <laughs> I, I see your <laughs> And I like it. Um, like, so our sources seem to indicate that not only is he populating them with his puppets, but yeah, yeah. he is telling them what to do before yeah. he goes in there as well. It's not just like a heavy emphasis and kind of 
persuasion here and there. Like, it's like wink, wink. Yeah, it is a <laughs> direct like sort stabby, of like, stabby. this is what you're going to do <laughs> yeah. and say when we get into this room. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair enough. Um, and also, he also wants to look abroad. He's not just going to focus on Rome itself. No. He wants to expand his influence into other arenas. Well, of course, as you do. Um, yeah. And who better um, to wage a war with than, can you guess? Oh, I don't think I can. <laughs> they start with S. Ooh, the Sabines? No. No? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I tease you. I tease you. I kid you not. I was going to say. The Sabines haven't had enough too. war already. <laughs> Well, I mean, God, they're practically part of the population. Come on, guys. <laughs> Give them a break. Yeah, those, those poor old Sabines again. Yeah, Just look, just... I mean, there were a few issues. Mm. Um, he realises he can't go into it straight away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, decides that possibly he needs some allies um, Good. from wider Italy to help him out. Uh, now, let me think. The Latins, perhaps? Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Indeed. So, yes, making alliances that he's super strong before he embarks on any rash <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he gets um, one of these uh, powerful figures from amongst the Latins, yep. a guy called Octavius Mamilius, mm. gets him on side straight away yep. um, by offering his daughter uh, as a, as a into marriage. Nice. Yeah, so, seal the deal with a little bit him. of yeah. uh, female as economic device. That's all we're good for. Uh, ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I'm, I can't deal with the nuance of the gender <laughs> argument right now. But yeah. suffice it to say, um, yeah, in a patriarchal society, mm. um, how do you secure the alliance? Marry off your daughter. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so this means that he's got one of the most powerful figures of the Latins on side. Yep. And then he decides that, you know, you need to sort of bolster that by having sort of like a big meeting with the rest of them. And, you know, just yeah. sort of... I have to say, this reads like a really weird episode, this story you're about to tell. This is, this is going to be great. <laughs> I love the melodrama I know, of all of this. So, it's so deliciously paranoid. <laughs> I can't even tell you. <laughs> it's the sort of stuff you only read about in books. Indeed. <laughs> Roman history. <laughs> Roman history said that. And the bold and the beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Prepare yourselves, listeners. Yeah. Okay, so basically, yeah, he summons uh, the Latins and says, let's have a big Let's meeting. have a meeting, guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I have some issues we need to chat about. Yeah, and, and you know, I think we've got, like, this mutually beneficial thing going on. Yeah. So, like, let's, like, sort that out and not out the details. Yeah, so he lets them arrive early-ish, and he's not going to arrive till some time later. Oh, look, you know, yeah. the Latins turn up at the designated time for yeah, the meeting. exactly. And, yeah. and Superbus just doesn't arrive. Yeah. Just does not turn up. <laughs> it's like, dude, uh, insulting. Yeah, and so naturally all people who were there decide to sort of just start talking to each other. <laughs> well, we're here. Yeah, exactly. So they start having a little council meeting. Uh, and a particular guy, Turnus Hedonius of Aricia or Aricia? Well, you could. Okay. Well, either one of those. <laughs> Basically starts bitching about Tarquinius. Yeah. Now, mm. look, the guy, according to Dionysius, yeah. um, there's a bit of a backstory here because yes. Turnus was in line. He mm. was in one of the negotiations to marry Superbus' daughter. 
And he misses the final cut, doesn't get the last rose. Bitter match. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, not particularly happy. Yeah. Got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And he starts to really lay into some criticism yeah. of Superbus. You know, he knows. No the... wonder he's called Superbus. <laughs> Have you thought about the man's arrogance? Have you thought about his presumption? Have you thought about the insult of not appearing at a meeting that he has called? How rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, Octavius Mamilius, the guy who did win the daughter, sure. also there at the meeting. And he tries to do the minimize. Look, yeah. look, just wait. You know, maybe got held up. Maybe there was like a wet patch on the road. You know, <laughs> whatever it is that you can do. Maybe he that. got an axe in the head. These things yeah, happen. Around. Maybe, yeah. maybe the axle fell off some of the supply carts. Maybe his know. wife assassinated him. Yeah. We just don't know. <laughs> He's like unforeseen circumstances, guys. Yeah. Let's like you know go away, sleep on it, reconvene tomorrow. Yeah, and then of course Tarquinius finally rocks up just. Everyone's, yeah, just as everyone's kind of debating about whether they maybe should just go <laughs> because he's clearly this meeting is totes over. Yeah, exactly. And so someone says to him, <coughs> "Everyone's coming." <angry. laughs> <laughs> he starts to you know make up some excuse about you know some altercation which he had to settle, and you know tries to sort of play it all down and say, "You know what? It's been a long day for everyone." Let's call it a day, guys. Let's all just have a good sleep and just forget about it and start afresh tomorrow. Mr. Turnus. But. Yeah, no, he's but. still not happy. <laughs> <laughs> not a happy camper. Yeah, Turnus basically just says, hello, father and son dispute. Boom! The son should just obey the father or else. Easily settled. Not happy with your excuse at all, Tarquinius. <laughs> <laughs> Have you considered that your excuse is unsatisfactory to me? Yeah. So Tarquinius is, uh, he takes it on board, apparently, but <laughs> rather ticked off. <laughs> uh, and decides... To hatch an evil plan. <laughs> now, this is interesting because, yes. so you've been reading Livy coming into this. I have been this, reading Livy. And I've yeah. been reading Dionysus and Halicarnassus coming into this. So don't tell me he doesn't hatch an evil plan. Oh, no, he hatches an evil plan, but yeah. it comes about in a slightly different okay, way. please tell according, me. Please according tell to me. Yeah. my Greek source. Go ahead. Um, so, like, so the idea is, in Dionysus' account, is yeah. that um, Purpose turns up late, Yep. quickly like sort of brushes off the lateness is like look look, I've arrived look that's good you yep. know let's get on with this yep. and King is in the house yeah <laughs> I'm here I'm here like, like let's have the discussion and he's like you know I need your help with the Sabines you know we should be in this together it's going to be great and then Turnus sort of rocks up with some counter arguments to that and right. he's like look you didn't come to the kingship mm. by right Ooh, wow, um, that is different. <laughs> yeah. It's not really in the Latin's interest wow. uh, to go along with you because since you don't play by the rules anyway, what are the chances are that you're going to play by the rules with us? Mm. And and also... This is quite inflammatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how dare you bring the history of the Romans and the Sabines into this just because Tarquinius Priscus had an alliance. He's dead. So the alliance dies with him. Mm. So you can't just play upon the historical factor here. You're going to have to like... Start afresh. Yeah. Persuade me from the ground up. Wow, that's so different to what Mm. Livy says. Because yeah, basically, basically, um, um, Livy says that Tarquinius gets one of Turnus' slaves on side. Mm. He gets him to plant swords. Oh, in- yeah, yeah. Oh, that happens. That happens. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, oh, yes. Right, okay, cool. oh, there's going to be some sword okay, but Don't you worry. Basically, in the Greek source that we have here, it's basically calling 
tackling it out in much more. Yeah. And yeah. part of the gist of this seems to be that. Yeah. Um, so Tarquinius is like, wow, Turner seems to be being quite persuasive with the crowd right now. And he's like, can I have a night to think about my response? And instead, he hatches an evil plan. He has <laughs> an evil plan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. 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 And the, the thing to keep in mind with this sort of divergence in yes. the accounts is that the Greeks are definitely running with the characterization of Superbus as a tyrant. Yeah, and this is the whole thing about... I mean, basically, either the Roman or the Greek, but particularly, I suppose, the Greek source. That's what we have to keep in mind when we're reading this story. Mm, you know, we've already definitely. talked a lot in every episode, I think we've mentioned, that this period of Roman history, we really don't know what's true and what's not. We don't know what's, whether these people are mythical, semi-mythical, real, and it's very possible that their stories have been crafted to fit... And they're maybe fitting this story around, you know, the stories of Greek tyrants. You know, like the tropes that have already been told about famous Greek tyrants and the way they behave. Yeah, you definitely have this sense in which, be- because even the historians that we're reading yeah. aren't sure about what is happening in this time exactly, period, yeah. they're moulding it around their own moral conceptualizations yeah. as well. And so a tyrant is someone who, you know, executes people without due cause, rapes women... Hold on to that, though. <laughs> yeah, it does all these sorts of things, which, you know, I think we can agree. Sounds like a tyrant, too. Um, so, yeah. A how, rebel who yeah. doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like we're kind of wondering, okay, so did this all really happen? Because it sounds so crazy. But then again, how the hell would we know? Are we to say we know better than these people? who Look, so I'm not going to de- deny myself a yeah. really good sort of juicy story. Yeah. And we're right at the point at which... The evil plan comes into That's effect. That's true. Let's go with the evil plan. Yeah, okay, so slave is on side. Slave has been bribed or persuaded somehow. Plants swords in Turnus's tent and then makes claims that Turnus was planning to commit a murder. And it must have been a conspiracy because it's not just one sword that's in the tent, it's lots of swords. Yeah, yeah. there seems to be um, a whole bunch of um, Turnus's servants are flexible yeah as it were and it doesn't take much for them to hide a stack of swords in and around his baggage yeah exactly um so according to Dionysius Tarquinius comes out the next day and he's like look here's my defense yeah um and he's like look Turnus isn't like as squeaky clean as he appears I mean he was quite happy to do business with me when my daughter was on the table yeah exactly and Um, now check it (laughs) check it (laughs) and turns out somebody's a bit sore about that yeah and so he's like, so what sort of grounds does he have to stand on to criticise me? Let's yeah. face it. Uh, he then goes on to rule that Turner, uh, to, to argue that Turnus is really just seeking the rule of the Latins for himself. Mm. And he's actually beca- come to this meeting prepared mm. uh, to execute the plan. And that's why he's all aggressive and in his face. Mm. <laughs> up in his grill, man. Yeah, and Tarquinius is like, look, you know, I've had really good sources come with to me with this information. This is not just an accusation. Yeah. This is something I know. Turnus, on the other hand, is standing off to the side being like, dude, I ate no swords in my tent. Like, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Know. Check it. <laughs> check it. You want to check my tent? Check my tent. And unfortunately, of course, they do find all there might be, <laughs> There might be some swords in Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. So, not looking so good for Turnus. And... According to Livy's account, I don't know if Dionysius agrees with this or not, uh, basically he's not given much of a chance to defend himself and he's basically dragged to a local water source 
and drowned. Oh, wow. No, <laughs> mine's much more exciting okay. than that. Right. Well, yeah. well uh, exciting, I suppose, yeah. is a questionable term. More exciting than being drowned <laughs> under a wicker crate of stone? Yeah. <laughs> like, once they find the, the, the weapons, yeah. uh, they basically turn on Turnus. Huh. <laughs> and, and he's buried alive. So kind of similar in that it's not a pleasant or quick death, but... You know, yeah. I mean, just quickly dig a grave and shove yeah. the guy in it. I mean, it just surely would take, you know, a mere hour or two yeah. with a lot of men digging the hole. Um, yeah, see, mine sounds more believable because it's <laughs> It does. Although, they would have had to get together a lot of stones to put in the wicker crate mm, and then true. somehow secured him to that wicker crate. Yes. Yeah. Sounds a bit Monty Nasty. Python. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. She's a witch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so basically, then Taquini is free to deal with the Latins as he's Yeah, and do. the Latins are all like, oh, that dude actually knows what's going on. Like, yeah. he's managed to pick up on that conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, um, and he was only here for, like, yeah. far less time than any of us. Yeah, and he, he arrived late, even. <laughs> so, like, this dude's great. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. They, they set up the treaty. Uh, they get it all really organized quite quickly, on the spot, pretty yeah. much. Uh, Superbus wants to lock them in. Um, they have some oaths. Um, <laughs> have some hopes. Please share well, they, the well they do. They yeah. do. Um, he also goes around and um, incorporates some of the other um, Italian peoples into various mm. alliances. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes to uh, the Hunicans and the Volskians. Yes, 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 yes. And basically, seeking a treaty with them as well. Yeah, he basically seems to be using the argument as well that you know, guys, you're going to be so much better off if you just make a deal with me because then I won't, you know, decide one day to just raise your city to the ground. <laughs> like other kings have done. <laughs> have you considered? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The alternative. You, you want to join my racket. Exactly. Yeah. I'll protect you. The end of my protection. Yes. Yeah. So well, cool. this, is, this is interesting because this leads into um, the designation of temple to Jupiter Latiaris. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and they place this temple in an equidistant spot from all of the cities that are involved in this particular treaty. Now that is sweet. That's <laughs> nice. So a, according to Dionysus, about 47 cities involved yes. in, this, in this treaty. Yes. And they go there to this temple to Jupiter. Yeah. And there's an annual festival and sacrifice. And apparently, yes. yeah, it's, yeah, it's still held even down to the historian's own time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they sacrifice bulls, they bring milk, they bring cheese. They bring lambs. Everybody has a good time. It sounds delightful. Yes, it's nice, isn't it? So, having constructed a <laughs> web of alliances, Superbus <laughs> resumes his dream of a war with the Sabai. <laughs> so presumably these are not one of the people that he managed to talk into an alliance. <laughs> Why would you try to talk the people that you want to go to war with into an alliance? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> How stupid of me. Oh dear. So, how does this war actually progress? <laughs> oh, do tell. No, I honestly don't. Know. Oh, really? Oh, I can help you out. Yes, please. Okay, do. so. Yeah. I don't think this is in Libby. <laughs> oh, oh no, this is super important. Yeah. So, he lays waste to much of their territory. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he ends up um, leading his forces against a city called Suessa. 
Oh, wait, no, this is, sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Mm. Pomicia. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. So the people are known as the Pompatini. Yep. Uh, so cute. <laughs> How could you um, want to kill the Pompatini? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the people of Suessa. Yeah. Um, Suessa is apparently known for its fortune. Mm. And they right. also had a heads up that he was coming. Right. And perhaps unsurprising, given that he's been waging war with the Sabines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're in that territory. And this is the one thing he probably has going for him. I'm just going to throw it throw it in here even though he might be a bit of a tyrant and unlikable character apparently he's not too bad at the old generalship oh yeah 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 Yeah. things things go well for him certainly on the battlefield yeah yeah um he does seem to be quite a skilled general yeah Uh, he kills a whole bunch of the suessans in battle and the rest flee behind their city walls wise (laughs) and then the siege begins ah the siege How does that go? Well, they hold out for quite some time, mm. but they get no aid from any of their neighbours, so that's a problem. That's nice. <laughs> which, which might have helped them hold out a little bit longer. Um, but eventually they became so physically weakened, they were unable to hold the city and he could just walk in. Right. Well, that's, that's what you really want in a siege. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, goodness knows how long this took. Um, but, you know, all the inhabitants who happen to have weapons at the time he wanders into the city are killed. Okay. Women right. and children taken away as prisoners. Yeah, yeah. And then he permits the plunder of the city. Ah, not much booty she be had, eh? Yes, everybody likes a, uh, a, their portion of the booty. And because Suessa is reputedly rich, and it turns out to be true, yeah. they actually gather a stack of cash. Nice. Um, this, this is equivalent to, once the redistribution takes place... Because he takes one tenth yep. for the dedication of a temple, yeah, and then he gives the rest equal in shares to the soldiers. Nice. Um, the one tenth share for the temple is equivalent to four hundred talents. Ouch. Now, in term, in realist terms, this is sort of the amount of money that it would have cost you to build the Pantheon in Athens. Wow. And this is going to be this temple that you're talking about. This is going to be. Duplic- I don't know where they got the money. <laughs> They just don't don't go out much. They just save up. The economy is very internal. (laughs) The money comes in and never goes out. And this this money he's putting towards the temple. Is this eventually going to be the temple temple of Jupiter Capitolinus? Yes, Mm. the Capitoline Triad. Very important. Yeah, this temple temple complex is hugely significant for Roman history from the point that exists onwards. And I think, isn't there a bit of confusion in the sources sometimes about which Tarquin sort of came up with the idea for this temple? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like the the suggestion is that um, Superbus is trying to finish the temple that, that Priscus yeah. wanted to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it only maybe sort of laid out the string around the, yeah. the area for him. It was like, I'm going to the temple there one day. This is a really good spot for a temple, guys. <laughs> Just give me time, give me time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then nothing happened, and then another king reigned, but then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then... So this is all part of, presumably, Superbus's way of sort of tapping into an idea of his right to rule. Yeah. Um, the Very legacy clever. the legacy yeah. of his ancestor. Yeah. And it's going to take ages to build this temple, because it's not just going to be, you know, a let's quickly erect something. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the upshot of it is the temple is so complex, because it contains... Um, Jupiter, Juno, and Minerva. Yeah. Um, the triad. Uh, the, the, yeah. the triad. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the triad. Yeah. The triad. What? <laughs> Losing my mind. Um, the triad, uh, they're all in, under one roof. Yeah. And so this is quite unusual for a Roman temple anyway. Yeah. Um, but the complex is just really large. Yeah. And it doesn't even get dedicated. So, mm. like, the whole process isn't even finished. Yeah. And Lengthy Until after Superbus dies. Mm. 
Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> That's for a whole other episode, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. So cool. So he's, he's conquering people. He's building yes. temples. I had this whole um, lengthy conflict he has with a neighboring uh, town. Mm. The, the the Gabby, Gabby Isle, Gabby Isle, something oh. like that. Yeah, I yeah. Um, well, I do have that, but I also have before that. Oh dear. Oh yes. yeah, I My know. Goodness, Livy's well, just skipping over everything these days. Yeah, before that, I have this uh, set down battle with the Sabine forces. Of course, yeah. I totally forgot about the Sabines again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So he Sabines, takes. Yeah. He takes Suessa. Yeah. And he's like, "All right." And while he's in Suessa doing the plundering and stuff, yeah. he hears some news. That there is a Sabine army mm. coming for him in two portions. Oh dear. Uh, and he's like, okay. Quickly gathers his forces together. Leaves yeah. a skeleton crew in Suessa and is like, don't lose the gold, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and starts marching after this Sabine force. Um, there are two armies. One near a place called Eritum mm-hmm. and another at a place called Fidene. Yeah. And so he cleverly takes his whole army and... Sort of positions himself in a camp, um, overlooking um, the forces at uh, at Eritrum. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he heads for Eritrum and camps near the enemy, so they right. can see his forces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, ah, shoot, he's turned <laughs> up. He's turned up. Um, and they're like, it's okay, we've got that secret second army. <laughs> uh, uh, but Superbus, being Superbus, has a cunning plan. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> so he divides up his own forces during the night. Yeah. And sends. Half of his army down the road towards the second Sabine force. Nice. Clever. Yeah. So as the day dawns um, at Eritum, he gets ready for his battle with the Sabines. And the Sabines are like, his army is not that large as it turns out. (laughs) And they're like, we can do this. We can totally do this. totally take these guys down. Yeah, yeah. We can do this. And we've got that other army that's coming. So that is going to be... We've got this covered. (laughs) We're just going to be awesome. Yeah. We've got this covered. They go into battle, really confident of victory. And it seems pretty even for a while, but the trouble is, Superbus has his forces who have marched away double back. Oh dear! To come to come at the Sabines from behind. Oh my goodness, the poor Sabines. The old, <laughs> we've come at you from behind. <laughs> I hate that game. <laughs> it can be quite surprising. Yeah. In any case, yeah. Uh, the Sabine force is like well aware that their fortunes have changed yep. like oh no attacked from the rear run away run away <laughs> yeah yeah and they try to surrender and most of them are chopped to pieces oh dear yes where's the order in that point? yeah so Gone he day. thrashes the first army and then turns around with all of his might and starts pursuing the second right yeah. I'm guessing they don't fare too yeah, well yeah well it's not very nice because like he's gathered up like the remnants of the Sabines that they've killed and they're basically marching with the heads and body parts of the Sabines at the front part of their army. Tasty. So <laughs> when they approach the second army, the first thing they get to see is their fallen comrades in various ghastly sort of horrific... This is why the Romans kick ass. <laughs> As a battle strategy. Yeah. <laughs> very, I mean, it's demoralizing, yeah, let's yeah, face it. They are brutal. I yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what they do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so the Sabines had lost two armies and they sued for peace. The Sabines As become the do. subjects yeah. of Superbus and are forced to pay periodical tribute. Nice. So I guess this is pretty much 
the end of the same Yeah, look. <laughs> Being and, like a, a conflict with the room. Yeah, and as a quote to that story, you know, after that sort of battle, you know, that means it's nice and easy for Superbus to head back to mm. Suessa, yep. pick up his skeleton crew, and then take all of that treasure back, back to, to Rome. Rome. Very nice. It's <laughs> mm. so all I really seem to have is this pathetic <laughs> conflict or skirmish, whatever you want to call it, with the Gavia. Oh, no, look, this is going to be a great story as well. This is more <laughs> melodrama than I think even I can Yeah, because basically he apparently, you know, leads an assault and it's not doesn't actually work out so well. doesn't mm. carry all before him. So, once again, siege time. All right. <laughs> Everyone likes a good old siege. Yeah, and, it, and it's again just dragging on and not really accomplishing what he wants it to. So, once more, that good old Tycoonius, <laughs> he turns to deceit and trickery. <laughs> I have a cunning plan. <laughs> Except it actually is a cunning plan. It is. It I'm is. like portraits. <laughs> um, so, basically, he's like, well, I guess this war isn't going so well. Yes, I better just go home and busy myself with my temple and whatnot. I'm really busy, so busy, building, building, building. <laughs> um, and then he gets one of his sons to pretend to desert. Ah, uh, yeah. So to, like, yeah. yeah. So this the is melodrama. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the purpose of son Sextus. Yeah. Gets into a bit of a set two with his father. Yeah, and I guess I guess the reason why he picks one of the younger sons is because I guess it's more believable, perhaps, that a young son would desert because he's not like directly going to be yeah. in line for succession. Perhaps you know he's not he's not getting much. No, um, they pretend to disagree about the war, and to make it look more believable, uh, Superbus has his son scourged with rods in the forum. Yeah, and then Sextus is like, "Oh, my father, he's so cruel and yeah. horrible." You know that nickname of his. You, you heard it. You heard it. <laughs> Right? <laughs> so they let the rumours do do their job. Exactly. Uh, Rumour has a great role to play in this. And, <laughs> yeah. and news of this rift reaches uh, the Gabinii. Yeah, and the Gabinii are like, yeah, alright, cool, by all means. Come and bunk with us, buddy old pal. They're like, your father hates you, we'll take you in. And exactly. Sextus is like, look, you know, I can't even begin to stress how much my father hates me and how much I hate my father. <laughs> and I would basically just do anything. In fact, I really want to wage war against my father. Yeah, and I hate him that much. And since you guys are at war with my father. What a kick. Yeah. We could, we could go into an alliance together. Yeah, so apparently he actually manages to sort of work his way into, like, very important meetings. Yeah, so, like, well, he, he not only defects himself, but he has mm. a whole bunch of his close friends defect. Mm. And so he's like, look, I'm bringing over all of my cool Roman buddies. Yeah. Is that okay? And they're like, well, I guess. sure. One Roman, we yeah, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they come over, and so he brings people, he brings his clients, he brings money. Mm. and All very appealing. Yeah, and gradually, as uh, the rift between father and son grows, yeah. so do the number of Roman defectors mm. coming over Interesting. Uh, to Gabii. And, you know, they let them in, and uh, he perpetuates the uh, conflict with his father by uh, making incursions into Roman territory with forces, yeah. and acquiring booty, uh, which, according to Dionysius, has been strategically left out by Superbus. And he basically sort of plays up the fact... Um, you know, in his newfound city, that he, you know, he although he's very deferential and humble, um, he does say, but, you know, come on, guys, consider, I know both of you. 
I know the way the Romans are, and I know how you are, so wouldn't it be clever to kind of make use of that special knowledge I have? And yeah, they're like, you know what? That is a fantastic idea! <laughs> we put you in command of our <laughs> army. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yes, he is, in fact, actually apparently made commander-in-chief. What the? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the cunning plan begins to unfold. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So... <laughs> everyone's loving him everyone's like oh Sextus what would we do without you you're so awesome in the meantime Sextus has contacted his father and he's like in secret and be like what do I do next daddy <laughs> yeah I, know. I love this thing it makes me just think of like some it's, it's, it almost seems like a game the way he's like big bear this is little bear I'm in position what do I want me to do <laughs> little bear this is big bear <laughs> help me out yeah, exactly. what's the plan man yeah. So basically, apparently, in Livy at least, this is what the king does. Basically, Sextus sends off a messenger saying, you know, what should I do now that everything's falling into place? <laughs> and the king realizes that this is awesome, but also precarious, because he doesn't want to overplay his hand. Dangerous times. Yeah. So he doesn't want to give a verbal response that might be intercepted or passed on. So what he apparently does is, as the messenger is sort of just standing there looking at him, he walks along and cuts off the heads of the tallest poppies that are apparently growing next to him. And the messenger goes back and tells Sextus that this is what happened. And the messengers are like, that was freaking weird, man. I don't know what the hell that was. But Sextus understands. The beginning of tall poppy syndrome? Yeah, exactly. This is where it comes from, apparently. Yeah, basically, apparently, Sextus says, aha, he wants me to start to get rid of the chief men of the state. Destroy it from within. <laughs> so, I don't know how he couldn't have known that that was the plan. I know. Exactly, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So he starts, you know, accusing them and basically, um, yeah, somehow he actually manages to get some of these people executed or for people who he doesn't think he can take down in public, he apparently has put to death in secret. I don't know how that's not suspicious. Oh, look. Yeah. <laughs> things get even weirder yeah. uh, in Dionysius. Um, mostly because you start to see a nice sort of uh, doubling in terms of the narrative. Right. And yeah. so, tell. so Sextus sort of comes out has, yeah. is in assembly yeah. with the population yeah. of the Gabii and is like, so dudes, there's like definitely a plot against me going on in this city. Ooh. And they're like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I reckon uh, Antistius Petro is about to betray me. Wow. And Petro is a distinguished commander and a uh, high up peacetime politician so so we're talking one of the tall poppies if yeah, you like yeah definitely Petro claims innocence obviously and offers to submit himself to investigation <laughs> dangerous move no we've seen we've seen what happens when, when people are like sure check my tent yeah exactly uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't ever say that, people. Yeah. Don't ever say, sure, check by my By all means, yeah. check my tent. Exactly. This is, this, these will be, by far, close to the last lines you will ever speak. Yeah. Um, In fact, I think, just so it's something we can relate to modern times, don't ever say... Sure, there are no skeletons in my cupboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Petro's house is promptly searched and discovered is a letter bearing the seal of Tarquinius Superbus. Oh my god, I wonder how that got there. I, I just don't know how it got there. The <laughs> Having dealings with the king of Rome is the height of treason. So they bring these letters. Like, it's in a stack of letters. The, the whole bunch of the letters are brought to the assembly and Sextus is like, I recognise my father's seal. <laughs> uh, and so they, yes, they open the letter 
And lo and behold, the letter is in Tarquinius Superbus's hand. It requests that Antistius Petro deliver Sextus to the Romans alive. Oh my or, god. If not possible, then to chop off his head and send that to him instead. Oh dear. And as a reward for going through with this, uh, Petro would become a Roman citizen, he'd have entry into the patrician class, and other punicary gifts. <laughs> uh, Petro, uh, understandably, is quite shocked by this turn of events, being unaware that he had such a letter in his possession. Oh man, if only I'd known, I would have totally taken him up on this, and I would have yeah. myself in this present situation. <laughs> and the assembly is rife and is like, dude, there's no way out of this, and no. they stone him to death. Oh dear. My goodness, yeah. Dionysius Not is nice. so much more theatrical than living. <laughs> oh dear. I feel like the uh, the planted object ruse is getting a lot of play in this particular narrative. Really, yeah, exactly. It is almost like you could have people going, boo, hiss in your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Behind you, behind you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. There seems to be something highly theatrical yeah. about this. Anyway, this sort of opens up the way for Sextus to conduct further investigations into the possibility of other citizens Let of me Gabii. There's more treason to be honest. You would not believe how many of the <laughs> citizens, prominent citizens, have to be put to death. I know. It's almost like you just got rid of a lot of powerful people uh, and I'm, made it very vulnerable. Uh, <laughs> it, it is tricky. Um, it is not long before Superbus moves in with his army and easily takes the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, it's so much effort for... <laughs> to take this one freaking city but, yeah. but yeah. it's clever it's clever I'll give you that well yeah. and apparently quite clever as well because um, the Gabino are n- notably afraid that they're going to be like killed or sold into slavery sure and then Superbus does the uh, magnanimous thing does the surprise <laughs> I'm going to make you all Roman citizens yay and <laughs> not only not only that you can rule your own city. Oh I don't my god! E- I don't even want it. Your clemency is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and it's god. like after all of that, and so the people are like, understandably, sort of like bemused, confounded, <laughs> somewhat grateful, uh, <laughs> just confused. All yeah. Um, and one would have to presume that Sextus and his father would then be miraculously like reconciled. Or, or either that, it's, or they just reveal the truth. It's like, pretty weird. Yeah, pretty I don't know weird. how you're going to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> so he seems to be operating on the principle um, that having some people in your pocket is a good thing. Yes. So maybe the rule with love is coming into play a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe he's learned his lesson. These people are going to be super indebted to me now. Yeah, because of course, when we're talking about you know, this last king of Rome and being a tyrant and stuff, he still rules for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. Because he comes into power in 534, and then apparently is deposed in 509. So it's still a long reign. There's still lots to be done. There's a lot of yeah. build-up of grievance over time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> give him time. Much give him time. <laughs> People are very right. happy, but they're going to get more unhappy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, dear. So uh, they draw up a treaty no. uh, with the Gabini mm. and uh, ratified an assembly. Nice. Some oaths are taken. Yeah. Um, and... They do some sacrifices and oaths and stuff to make that all valid. Of course, yeah. And Sextus is appointed the king of the city. Nice. Finally, after all this. Um, <laughs> presumably because the people want him. Exactly. That's right. Um, <laughs> say it. Say you want me. <laughs> king by right. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. All right, yeah. So, after all that. After all of that. Yeah. Apparently in Livy, 
this is where Livy actually has him getting work, getting to work on the temple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the narrative, not just you know having yeah. money put aside, but actually, actually starting to have it built. Yeah, Dionysius takes up the same narrative structure. Yeah, and apparently, I mean, you know, this is one of those signs. While they are, you know, uh, (laughs) building, oh my god, what do you call it? The foundations of the temple. Uh, Apparently, they find a human head, which is Mm. in really good condition. Now, for me, I'd be somewhat upset if I found a human head while I was digging in my backyard. Well, but it's a sign that this was going to be. The citadel of the empire, and the um, and it was going to be the head of the whole world. Marvelous, marvelous. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. It's sort of described as this wonderful prodigy. Yeah, uh, and so like they find the head. It's a man who's been newly slain, apparently. Right. But who looks like he's still alive. Oh, that's coming. That's a, <laughs> it's a tenuous sort of grey area between the I'm still alive to I've just been slain. Yeah, see, again, I don't know what I find more disturbing. Like, would I want it to be decomposed? <laughs> How did the head get there? Had it been there for long? It doesn't sound like it. And yet, on the other hand, what? 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 <laughs> exactly. So anyway... Um, so they stopped digging because um, they found this head and it seems to be bleeding uh, still. <laughs> fresh. Yeah. Really too fresh. Mysteriously fresh. Nobody's quite sure. Yeah. They get the... He calls over like the Roman soothsayers and he's yeah. like, guys, what does this prodigy mean? We see, according to Livy, he calls in people from Etruria because, of oh. course, who yeah, else could yeah. possibly interpret this but people from Etruria? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the native soothsayers in Dionysus' account don't come up with an explanation. They're just like, this is not our area of expertise. Seven heads, this is not what we do. Uh, okay. um, you really need to talk to the Tyrrhenians. Yeah. Uh, and they really have the mastery over things to do with seven heads. Right. And Good to know. Note to self. Yeah, <laughs> and you should really talk to them about it. Um, and so they they do that. Um, they come to the house of the Tyrrhenian soothsayer. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that um, the soothsayer's son is walking out of the house at the time that they arrive. Yeah. And, and he's missing a head. Well, no. <laughs> I know. One could only hope. But, but no, he seems, to, he seems to definitely have his head. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So and then is, and he, he thinks with his head apparently. Well, and they're like, yeah. we're here to see your father, the yeah. soothsayer, the Tyrrhenian soothsayer. We've got this head, you see. Yeah, we've got this head, and we're really interested in this prodigy. And the son's like, look, how about you tell me all the details about this prodigy, and I'll make sure that one, my father is the person that you really want to see. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, maybe I can give you some pointers on like how to present the evidence. Yeah. Because that's going to be really important. Yeah, yeah. And so they give him all the details, and he's like, all right, so. The thing that you need to keep in mind when you talk to my father about this, because you definitely should talk to him about it, it's definitely the sort of thing he's interested in, um, <laughs> is that make sure that you don't let him lead you astray with questions. Because he will definitely try to make this prodigy about him <laughs> rather than about you. No, seriously, look, <laughs> I mean, if he can find a way to make this prodigy into something about him and himself and his people rather than you guys, like, he's got a vested interest. So I'm just, you know, that's my dad. So just be... <laughs> and they're like, gee, thanks, man. That's really good advice. And like, <laughs> they're like, all right, be careful about how you relate the prodigy to the guy. And so they go in there and he sort of, the soothsayer is like, all right, so like I'm seeing a hill 
And they're like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. And he's like, and this direction and that direction and this direction. I can see all the directions on this hill. Was the head found in this part of the hill? And they're like, nah. <laughs> Not even and, he's like, yeah. and he's like, what about this part? And they're like, nah. <laughs> and he's like, and so he tries all these different directions and like being like, look, I can see this hill. Just tell me where in the hill. And they're just like, no, man, no, man. It was just found on the hill. Yeah. Just on the hill. Like, yeah. Stop asking questions. Yeah, stop asking those weird questions, yeah. man. And so, like, eventually the soothsayer is like, I just can't, I just can't get the, around these guys. Like, they're going to force me to give them the real prodigy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, okay. Um, and he's like, all right, well, if that's the case, he's like, what this means is that uh, where you found the head is actually going to be the capital of, of all of Italy. Um, and the key to this seems to be that there are two Tarpeian hills. Yes, right. Um, and so he's trying to play into the idea that it might be the Etrurian yeah, hill yeah, yeah. as opposed to the Roman one. Of course, um, there's always this rivalry between the yeah. two. Yeah, but exactly. Rome, Rome, the Romans won't, won't concede that in the questioning, mm. and so he has to eventually concede that perhaps Rome is actually going to be the capital of Italy. I wonder why. I wonder if that's why Livy just sort of goes straight to the answer, <laughs> rather than having this possible... I just think it's really fascinating that in terms of prodigies, actually the way that you talk about the information becomes an yeah. important means by which you gain an understanding Absolutely. of the significance of the information as well. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically after this is decided, uh, Tarquinius apparently just continues on with like a huge amount of building. Massive building projects. Yeah, and he yeah. needs to basically call in a lot of help to do this, obviously. He can't just, you know... Yeah, but he hasn't really been treating the plebs really well. No, and this is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> basically everyone's working super hard on these uh, on this temple in particular. He's paying them with what grain rations? Perfect. Not even paying them with coin. Yeah, they're just not super happy. It's pretty hard work, as you can imagine, building yep. a temple because you know temples not built out of mud bricks either. That is hard. It's built out you of stone. Gotta, so. gotta yeah. quarry that stone. Yeah, exactly. Gotta yeah. shape that stone. Exactly. Gotta move that stone. <laughs> yeah, so they're not super happy. Um, and then apparently they also have to do other building things. So they have to perhaps make the seats in the circus and they have to help construct (laughs) the underground great sewer and things which the sources admit these are amazing, but it's hard work. Yeah. And and it doesn't help that, uh, Tarquinius has also stripped the plebs of their rights legally to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd been given protection from the patricians yeah. by one of the earlier kings. Yes. He basically takes this away from them and mm. then co-ops them into like a surf workforce. Yeah. It's kind of, it's very futile really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not very happy. No. You can understand that. They don't have their legal rights and they don't have any free time anymore either. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Oh dear. Yeah. So basically, um... Apparently, during all this building and stuff, there is also a bit of a bad sign that happens. Oh no. Yeah, okay. So a snake glides out of this wooden pillar and everyone in the palace is really freaked out about Ooh, it. Ooh, yeah. this is one that hasn't come up in my sense. Okay, really. right. So then Taquinius is feeling a little he's not exactly scared, he's just more a bit nervous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so Feeling yeah. a little bit uncomfortable about this, guys. Yeah, so again, he has to turn to Etruscans because you just can't have anything better when it comes to public prodigies. Uh, yeah. It's okay. their speciality. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he thinks, hmm, maybe, in fact, I should send to Delphi. Okay? And Delphi <laughs> is 
a huge deal. Mm. Yeah. Um, Delphi is where you go for like the best prophecies in the ancient worlds or oracles. Okay. Um, and it's, this is the, um, shrine to Apollo basically. And there is a woman there who basically sometimes gives you very helpful oracles that are easy to interpret and sometimes gives you things that are completely obscure and no one can understand. (laughs) Now, shall I perhaps stop there with that story? Because I think it's leading us into, uh, the next episode, and I might lead us on a, on yeah. a bit of a, a point. Ooh. What does this portent mean? <laughs> Ooh, spooky. <laughs> we'll find out yeah. in the next episode. Okay. And now, before we do leave you, dear listeners, we thought we might ask you a bit of a favor in 2015. Um, obviously, we do this podcast for free, and we enjoy it, and we hope you do too. But we would love for other people to enjoy it with us. We'd like to build our community of listeners. So if you could possibly take a couple of seconds out of your day and give us a rating on iTunes, hopefully a good one, we would really appreciate it. We would thank you from the depths of our Roman soul. Indeed. <laughs> We'd sacrifice in your honor. <laughs> Perhaps a bull. Mm. Well, I'm a vegetarian, so I'd sacrifice a carrot. Oh, man. <laughs> the, head of a, the head of a lettuce? <laughs> I don't eat a lot of meat myself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can do without the bull. Anyway, until next time, farewell. Farewell. Farewell.